We welcome you to Sports Rivals. Well, we've got a great twosome for you uh, to listen to. So an amazing story. The you know rivalries are created over usually a time period in sports that can be a career, it can be a series, it can be a season, it can be a game. Uh, but rarely do you end up where the crux of the rivalry will come down to a time period that is less than a minute and a distance that is less than 100 feet. But that is exactly what happened in the Ironman World Championship that took place in Hawaii in 1982. The rivalry in that race for the women came down to Kathleen McCartney and Julie Moss. After a 2.4-mile swim, a 112-mile bike ride, and finishing up a marathon, they were in the final feet, the final seconds of doing so, when a moment was created that made sports history. It put the Ironman Championship on the world map forever, and it was that moment in which this rivalry and ultimate friendship was created. Kathleen McCartney won that race. Julie Moss came in second. Kathleen, about the final 100 feet of that final finish. Sure. Oh, gosh, it's very vivid. It's very fresh. And the last 100 yards of the race, as I came upon the area, which I thought was a finish, I thought that I was coming in for second place because I hadn't passed Julie yet. I was trying my hardest and my fastest to catch her and hopefully pass her for the win. But so far, uh, the final 100 yards, I hadn't been able to do that. It was dark. There were crowds in the street. It seemed very chaotic. This was my first Ironman. I had no idea what to expect other than what I had seen the previous year when I was there for a spectator, but it felt chaotic. There were people that were crowding the finish area. The ABC camera lights were in trees and the light was blinding. I felt kind of like I was on stage. I couldn't see well. And as I approached the last hundred yards, still hoping to win, still looking for Julie, I couldn't find the finish line. So I'm running along with a lot of confusion and uh, all of a sudden as I'm running an ABC camera truck was virtually an arm's length. So I was forced to stop. And at that point I just said, where's the finish line? And I happened to be standing on the finish line. So that's how I found out I won. <laughs> Julie, if you can, if you can, the, the moment and what happened to you in those final, final seconds. The final seconds, I'd fallen for the fourth time, and as I realized I can't, I can't get up now, I've, I've, my arms aren't strong enough to support me, and I'm on the ground, and I had really, I had made this last lunge, it was going to be my, up, you know, my ABC thrill of victory moment, and I was going to throw my arms in the air, I could see it, the finish line, 15 feet away, and I went down for that fourth time, and as I was trying to figure out, how can I get up again, I can't get up, I see Kathleen go by. I saw her her legs go by, and I'd had a good look at them at mile 18, and her white shorts at the rainbow logo, and I went, there she goes. She's won the Ironman. And then it was just a matter of figuring out 
how I could deal with the pain of losing, because this was the real pain of the day. Everything else was physical, but this emotional pain was was something I'd never felt, that disappointment. And then I had to figure out that it was just about finishing now. And the only way I could do it was to crawl. How long did it take for you? I mean, the physical pain, obviously, it took a while, but how long for the emotional pain? Is it still there? Oh, it's interesting. I was asked a question the other night. Would you trade it all to have that win back? You know, all this, everything, could you, would you have traded it to, for the win? And no, I, I can honestly say, you know, in, in retrospect, after 35 years, it's no, my life is, is, was supposed to be the way it is. And, and I embrace that. But in that moment, um, with it looking at the finish line 15 feet away, <laughs> oh, that was devastating. It was so close. I really was, I was starting to run and do my moment, you know, like I'd watched on ABC Sports all those years, all those Olympics, and that was my moment. And, and the next thing I'm on the ground and um, I ran out of time. And Kathleen deservedly got the victory and the championship. Kathleen, it's kind of like this thing is all in reverse. <laughs> you didn't even know you won. She's thinking about winning and how she's going to celebrate while she's right. down on the ground. And, yes. and you've won, don't even know it. I know. That's really crazy. And it's so interesting when I'm hearing Julie talk about her envisioning herself running and, you know, having her wide world of sports moment and throwing her arms over her head. That type of thought never occurred to me. Like I didn't try, I didn't visualize like what I would do when I finished or anything, it was pretty much, you know, I was concerned about, okay, am I, I was running through the race all the time. Like, how am I going fast enough now? What can I do? Um, you know, how can I get to the finish line? But I never really thought about like what that would look like, like envisioned myself winning. I had the confidence that I could do it, but I didn't visualize the actual, like, what am I going to do when I finish or how is it you know, going to look or feel. I was just so focused on getting there. And so for me, it was such a surprise because I hadn't passed Juliet and I didn't see her when I passed by. She was on the ground surrounded by people. Um, uh, and well, that's what I saw on TV. Well, okay, Kathleen, you have to say what you, you, you've said this before and it's pretty funny. Why? How, oh, yeah. How you missed me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So... So uh, people asked me, well, like, well, didn't you see Julie on the ground? And, and, you know, quite frankly, you know, I, I said, well, I really don't look for my competitors on the ground. <laughs> yeah. Right? That, that, that's about as snarky a thing I've ever heard Kathleen say. <laughs> and it got well, a huge laugh. <laughs> oh, my God. So anyway, it was just so surprising uh, when they, when I said, where's the finish line? And they said that I'd won. So that was just like the biggest shock and the biggest thrill of my entire life. Now, I'm going to, Julie, you've kind of gone into something I really wanted to ask. I mean, this personally, and I was going to say, dig down deep into your soul, because I think you have to, and you've kind of answered it, I think. I'm going to give you a redo moment. I'm the wizard behind the screen. I'm going to give you a redo. You know everything that's happened since that race, everything, you know, the whole history. Yeah. And you got a chance to go back and, and do something different in that race it, to win it as opposed to coming in second. Would you do it? 
See, that's a, that you, you mess with karma if you start doing it. I mean, all I had to do I it was walk. Every time I tried to run, I spent three times the amount of, you know, all that time on the ground and trying mm. to get back up. I mean, the the athlete now in me that can look back and say, just walk, just walk. If you just walked it in, you would have had the win. I mean, that the 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 time I would have had time to spare. But I couldn't have imagined walking across that finish line. I had this debate, like every time I, I could walk, I just told myself, you have to run. That's what champions do. And this whole idea of being really um, a good athlete, being able to win anything was something that was born throughout the entire day. And mm. I mean, I, I started that race just hoping to finish. And I had no conception of myself as a top contender. And here I'm, as the day went on, I started to see myself differently. So the, it's almost like I got the benefits of winning, discovering, you know, parts of myself that were buried deep within. And because that's an Ironman, the course of an Ironman, it just strips you. It just starts peeling layers off you and you just discard them out in the lava fields mile after mile. And what you're left with is kind of this, this core part of who you are. I mean, it's, it's, it's not masked by ego anymore. You know, the desire is good, but you just have to keep thinking about how to get one foot in front of the other. In fact, Kathleen was saying she wasn't thinking about her finish. She was thinking about just getting to the finish. And I actually started having thoughts about myself as somebody different, somebody who could be good at something, who didn't take the easy way out, who didn't, you know, slide under the radar, who was willing to step up and, and seize her moment. And that empowered me in a way that has lasted my entire life. So I didn't get the win, Gary, but I certainly got the feeling of what it's like to um, want to win and to, to live yeah. my life differently. So you wouldn't do, you wouldn't change it. I wouldn't change it. I can honestly say I wouldn't change it. I know, uh, like I said, I, if I'd walked instead of trying to run those different times, I would have come across the line 30 seconds ahead. You know, that's all it took was that another 30 seconds. And I kept trying to be this image of what I thought a champion should be. And it kept throwing me down on the ground. All right, Kathleen, I want to, I want to do the redo with you. I, I'm going to say to both of you, honestly, I, this is something when I found out we were, we were going to be able to do this, I really wondered. I got the answer from Julie that, you know, if you had a redo and you could go back, you wouldn't go back and take the win over everything that's happened since. And I'm wondering with you guys, if, if you knew it was her, when you went by, would you have stopped? Would you have done anything different than just continuing on to the finish line? I'm sure that I would have stopped. That's just kind of in my nature. Um, I would have stopped, like checked out, made sure she's okay. It's hard to know what I would have done, but that, I just kind of feel like that would have been my instinct because if someone's down and looks like they're in trouble, my nature is always to help and help people. Um, I'm glad that I wasn't faced with that. I'm really, you know, I'm obviously really <laughs> glad it turned out exactly how it did. Um, but I, yeah, I have to think that I would have stopped. Well, I mean, it certainly worked out good for me because she got the win, but I got, 
I got, I got <laughs> I'm not. I'm saying it's perfect. I got. I got the win. I got to you know share an important historic moment and and be uh you know help be part of uh, a race that put the sport on the map. So I love it. Let's keep it as it is. All right. <laughs> well, no, I did. I, go ahead, you know, I was just going to say, Gary, that here's the worst nightmare would have been she's winning the race. She she crosses the line. She looks back and sees me crawling and she walks back to me and then sort of helps me get to the finish line. Then it would have been Kathleen. <laughs> it would have been 24 Iron Man race. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Now, now I gotta ask because I know I've seen a couple of things that have been said and read a couple of things with uh, Kathleen's that's that great sense of humor that you has. But I sense underneath this, it's like uh, as an example, everybody everybody knows what Julie did, but nobody knows who won the race. Yeah, and with an exclamation point after it. I mean, is right. there something lingering there that you know a little unfair? No, I mean it's it's really I understand that years before the women's champion at Ironman would cross the finish line and they wouldn't even talk about her in the race. That's sad but true. In the previous years, they kind of rolled the credits in the 2000 in the excuse me the 1981 Ironman and there'd be like the women's winner. So there wasn't that much interest or attention for whatever reason at that point. That's why it's so exciting that this happened. Um, in our race, because we brought attention to the sport, we brought attention to women in racing. We were able to, um, you know, get so much attention to women in sport, which is a big uh, passion of ours since then. And for me, I've been just very quietly comfortable with my victory. I went in there, <laughs> trained, I prepared for it. I had, I just started racing. I started training the year before, after I was a spectator, my original um, intent was to just finish. And after I put in so much hard work and training um, and attention to detail, as Julie would say, you know, I came up achieving my goal. And so that was what was so exciting to me. And I was totally comfortable and fine with just, you know, hey, it was my victory. It's always going to be my victory. And I reached the goal. And I'm very comfortable with that. People have asked me, oh, would you rather have all the attention? Would you give up your victory to have all the attention that Julie has? And I can absolutely unabashedly say, yeah, no way. No, I like I like my spot. No, we have good <laughs> symmetry because I love the attention. <laughs> <laughs> really, Julie, I'm so surprised to hear you. <laughs> Shocking. Uh, oh. Listen, was there? Let me go back before the race. Was there any sense of personal rivalry for the two of you? I mean, Kathleen, you were the experienced runner and and had done this in a lot of races. You hadn't met a lot. Previously, was there any sense of rivalry between the two of you? Well, let me, I wasn't exactly that experienced. I'd been training and racing for a year. It was my first Ironman. I did enter, I won all the races that I entered. That was the extent of my experience. I wasn't, I had never done an Ironman. But when I went into the race, I transformed from a person who had never done an Ironman, wasn't a swimmer, cyclist, or runner, and started racing and training very seriously while I was a college student and working, et cetera. But by the time I got to Kona, I really believed I could win. 
So I went into it with a lot of high expectation for myself and along with that pressure on myself. And there was a, a few days before the Ironman when all of us were kind of gathering in Hawaii, kind of like socially for the first time. The Wednesday before the race, there was a a um, kind of a carbo party at a really cool guy's house, Steve Drogan, a beautiful house on Lee Drive. And um, everyone was invited. And then there's just like talk about, okay, you know, who are the winner? Who are, who are the expected contenders? And Julie's name definitely was in, was in that conversation. And so I had heard of Julie, you know, leading up to this event and met Julie for the first time that night on Wednesday. So I didn't really have any reason for her to be considered a rival or anything, but I definitely considered her a contender and a competitor when I started the race. Julie. Yeah, we did. We did a. We did actually like a week and a half earlier, didn't we? Do the time trial, of the course. What? Yeah, but I don't really remember. Really, well, maybe. that's because you were in the front. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how that happened. Yes, no, you won. That you won. And yeah. um, but that was actually the first time I'd even gone 112 miles, so that was kind of thrilling. So I could actually sort of say I've done the the, the distance now. Um, but so we were very different in our preparation. You did a, a whole year's worth of preparation. I did yeah. most of my training uh, the four weeks before Kona, and um, you know, as I've as I've said, it was a school project, and I did what I normally do for school projects. I wait till the very last minute and I cram. <laughs> so I I did most of my training in Kona, and um, and on that time trial, it was really unexpected that I was even going to be, you know, anybody would notice me much less, you know, have my name come up in conversation. But I do remember hearing that you had won and you were already gone. And I'm, by the time I finished it, you had already probably packed up and left. But uh, meeting you there, I just remember thinking, um, she looks like a champion. You know, she's she's got a sponsor. She's kind of got that. She's hanging out with, you know, Scott Tinley. You know, he was the men's one of the men's favorites. He's on her team. There was this energy of the, there were the haves and the have-nots, and I was just happy for a free meal. I mean, that's that's true. But um, but so I think I created you as a rival, maybe when you hadn't even, you know, I wasn't even on your radar other than just, you know, another competitor. Actually, and, Scott, we had not, we were not a team yet, just to kind of, for the record. Oh, okay. We were, yeah. I was just, I, I, I received a bike, but I was not on a team yet. No, but you were wearing the logo, right? When yeah. You raced. Yeah, 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 yeah. Team J. David logo. Okay. And Kathleen, Julie tells me you're also wearing a bow. I was wearing a ribbon. Absolutely. It's like all about the details. I mean, you got, I just, you got to look good too, right? <laughs> Julie, what do you think of that? Look good, oh. feel good. And apparently it was a great tactic. It's an intim- Who knew that a ribbon would be an intimidation tactic? <laughs> well, here, you know, this. <laughs> Julie, <laughs> you saw that bowl. You saw it during the race. You saw it at the end of the yeah, race. Literally. At the at from the bike transition, jumping off the bike, I run into the transition area and or the change area, and to get into my run clothes, and I break my bra. My little plastic snap in the front breaks off, and I had to, you know, I had to size up my two volunteers quickly and realize one's too big, but the other's just right. And so I, 
I asked her for her bra and she just stripped off, you know, her volunteer t-shirt and gave me her bra. So I'm in a borrowed bra and a trucker's hat. And, and I see Kathleen coming at me. And this is really the, the one turnaround I could really get a look at her was at after 18 miles. And so as we're getting into the real, the meat and the potatoes of the marathon and she's coming at me in white shorts, white top, rainbow logos, long legs for days, tan, blonde, <laughs> and this effing ribbon that matches a logo on her shorts <laughs> top. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Who puts a ribbon oh in her hair? That's just how I roll, Julie. <laughs> <laughs> so in my mind, it was like, oh my God, she's She's so confident. She's accessorizing, you know, it's like, <laughs> seriously. Oh, that's awesome. I uh, love, now, like, how about. After the ribbon. Didn't like the ribbon. <laughs> that's where the rivalry stemmed from. I knew it. <laughs> it kind of did. But it also was 18 miles and someone was coming and running me down. And that, and within the next couple miles, um, yeah, it was, I was, the wheels were starting to come off and I was getting in trouble. And I'd also started, you know, it was like, I'd taken ownership of this race and ownership of this ability to win this race and what that would mean to me as a person. And there was a shift there. And not only was I looking at Kathleen as a rival, I felt, I looked like, I felt like she was, um, she was the enemy. And it was a little, it was, it was different. It was personal. And I felt like this woman as, you know, ribbon and all is trying to take something from me that I have, I'm feeling very attached to. So it, so that was interesting. It, it wasn't, it was, it wasn't that dark, but it was kind of like, there was only one thing keeping two things, keeping me from winning this race, my body falling apart and Kathleen McCartney catching me. Yeah. I first saw that sense of, she wasn't that friendly. Um, as I approached the finish, uh, the turnaround point, I kind of like looked at my watch and trying to get a split and so on and so forth. And she wouldn't even look at me. I was going the other way. So I'm like, okay. Uh, yeah. So I guess that's where it started. Yeah. Out there on the lava fields. <laughs> yeah. Now, how did it progress? The race is over. You have a chance to see one another, at least there for a moment. Uh, the rivalry part of it going forward, what did it look like? Well, we didn't really even get to see each other at the finish line. Um, I was kind of blown away by hearing about what happened. Julie was whisked off and we didn't see each other until the awards banquet. And mm -hmm. even that was just kind of like on stage. It was a little awkward. I don't know. It was just kind of. Yeah. Like, it was like, it was weird. They called us up and they, you know, you know, fifth, fourth, third, second, and Kathleen comes up, but she sort of gets directed to the, the other end. She doesn't come past me. So we can't like, yeah, she was kind of directed to the other end of, so she was a, you know, we were at opposite ends of this award stage. Not a lot of interaction. I don't think uh, our biggest interaction came after the ABC show was aired and it was so it went viral, the switchboards are blowing up. People are calling in what happened to that girl crawling to the finish line. Is she still alive? 
And they, ABC decided to answer the question by flying Kathleen and I to their studios the week after it aired. So they pushed production up, like, I mean, really fast between two and three weeks after the race, they're airing the show. And if people were working around the clock, music was composed. They just, what they filmed my entire finish from the time I started falling to the end, which was a long time and with music and no one was talking a real departure in the way they presented, um, sports, at least, at least the Ironman. And so this, there was this amazing reaction. And the next thing you know, Kathleen and I are flying to New York city to sit down with Jim McKay, um, that very next weekend. So that's where we really got a chance to really get to know each other. Uh, they flew us first class to New York. It was really quite amazing. And so the good old days when the budgets were good. <laughs> we're straight at the plaza. We were being picked up and driven around in limos. And we're just like little college girls that were, you know, yeah, this was something I'd never had any type of a, a glimpse of this, this life or this possibility of, attention for a sporting event and what's wild is that we this was before we could record things so we watched it a lot you know we watched the show with everybody else in america so we didn't get to tape it and watch it again and again but we were seeing it the second time we'd ever seen it was sitting there in the studio with jim mckay and i'm watching it and i'm i'm tearing up because i'm you know it's still pretty raw and i didn't win the race and that still kind of was wounding and I'm trying to hold it together and not be a drama queen and Jim McKay is as you know with that velvety voice of Julie I see a tear rolling down <laughs> I was like oh busted <laughs> oh, but I, I was aware that I mean Kathleen you wore a suit right yes I wore a cream colored suit <laughs> with a turquoise silk blouse <laughs> and I and I showed up in jeans and it was like there was this subconscious thing where we're just very we are different personalities we have different how can you say that <laughs> well because you're elegant and I'm, I'm, totally... I'm part of casual <laughs> no I mean you're a very elegant woman and you think. knew there was a sense of propriety and what you would wear and I didn't have that same sense. And so I guess the, the visual was here. We were very still looking, you know, there's a contrast there. And I kind of, I actually kind of liked it. <laughs> I'm, I'm we're different and I'm, and I'm not, a, you know, I'm going to hold on to all our things that are different. <laughs> Let me ask, uh, this obviously is a life-changing moment. Uh, this race, how it happened, how it finished. Can you just, can each of you talk about that a little bit? Oh my gosh. Uh, for me, this, this is the moment, the defining moment of my life. It's such a time in my life where you kind of set the course for your adult life. I was a senior in college and I was just getting ready to start my life. And what a better way to have a foundation and to start my life with what it takes to not only train for the Ironman, but to have this type of experience. So basically everything, every skill, every mindset, all the purpose, all the hope, all the dreams, everything that is required of yourself to do an Ironman are all the things that I value and cherish in my life. 
And so for me, I realized that this is such a beautiful gift in my life. And I want to take all of everything that I've learned from it and put it forward and sprinkle it throughout my life. And so it kind of became a standard for me. Like it's like the Ironman standard is how I've lived my life, lived, raised my children. I've continued to live my life and experience Ironman. It's always been a part of my life uh, for 37 years. And I'm just so, so grateful for it. It has absolutely changed and defined my life. Okay, so Kathleen's the Ironman champion, and I'm thinking, I'm done with triathlon in, my, in a way. I just thought it was a one and done. Am I going to get a teaching degree? And, and all of a sudden, it was just the, the phone started ringing. I mean, that first call came from, from ABC Sports, sending us back to New York for the interview. And the next thing, it was, you know, survival of the fittest being filmed on the South Island of New Zealand. Would you like to come and do that? Oh, sure. Um, there's races now popping up all over the world and exotic locations because it's got to be a lot, you know, something to compete with Kana. So I just kept saying yes to every opportunity. And by the time, I mean, it was the next thing I know, I've got to, I got to figure out how to be a professional triathlete. And that was probably the hardest thing about this whole experience. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, uh, I want to mention you, you've got, uh, you've put all of this in, uh, in a book, I believe the crawl of fame. Yes, uh, and the story of what happened there, and 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 both before and after. I want to make sure to mention that. Oh yeah, no, it was, it was talk, talk about cathartic. You know, to go through you know your entire life, and it really it started. You know, it started with the crawl and um, coming in second place. So um, the my my life in triathlon just continued, and I'd have to say Kathleen and I we had an opportunity to to talk earlier, and we were just saying that. This both of us had going back to Kona in 2018. This year, we both had exceptional races and just a, just a night, another nice, you know, you know, moment in Kona. Do you yeah. still view yourself as rivals? No, no, no seriously, <laughs> we've we've come back together. We finally had a chance to really get to know each other for the first time, and that happened in 2012 when I was coming back. To for different for very many reasons coming back to do Ironman again and I just wanted to reach out and I heard Julie was in San Diego so I thought oh my god I would love to train with Julie and see if I can get her to do it again so we had this final this opportunity to finally get to know each other and we became such good friends and before that we'd never really had the opportunity we would see each other at races and it was always we always got this pressure like oh let's let's put these rivals let's find out who's going to mm -hmm. beat who. And that was always what everyone was most interested in was seeing who's going to win this one. And frankly, we'd never really had a chance to just say, Hey, let's get to know each other and um, let's get to know each other on our own terms in our own way. And it's been, it's been great. We've become friends, um, business partners, training partners. And yeah, we've, we've grown a lot together for sure yeah and you know i think actually having a rivalry to begin with and even if it was if it was you know kind of perpetuated by the media or it was really one-sided like my side <laughs> kathleen is so gracious ribbon. and unaware that i had this intense rivalry with her but i think that actually that that kind of fuels you in a different way and um I, I wanted, it took me, it took me 30 years to finally beat Kathleen. And, um, 
And that felt kind of nice, but we did it um, because we respected each other. It wasn't because we didn't like each other. It's just that we both were training in 2012. We got back to Kona and it was really nice to kind of have this feeling that I had a great race and, um, and it was just a little bit faster than Kathleen's. <laughs> a lot faster. <laughs> Let's be clear about that. As a third party outside, I, I, I sincerely mean it when I say it's inspirational to talk to both of you. And it's Thank such you. a tremendous story. I mean, it's not, you know, the, the win is no taking that away from you, Kathleen. There's no yes. taking away uh, the finish that was put on as a motivational tool that's been used by God knows how many men and women since <laughs> oh, <I know. laughs> who have looked at it and said, this is why I'm doing this. I think I can do this. She did that. So, so can I. So it's just, uh, it, it's great. And the way the two of you respond to it and react to one another is, uh, it's inspirational. And I, I really have enjoyed it. Oh, thank you, Gary. We're thank you. a lot of fun. Great. Yeah, I mean, I, I really, Kathleen said it earlier, you know, being a part of um, women being a strong part of this sport. And I do like to think that, you know, it took women to put Iron mm. Man on the map. And I'm very proud of that. Good. Yeah. You did. You did. Thank you, ladies. All right, Gary. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Let's go to end it here in our first episode uh, of Sports Rivals. You can learn more about this one and also other episodes coming up. Just log on to the sportsrivals.com as you can join the conversation. Happy to have your questions, any suggestions you have for future shows, and any comments you have on the programs as we move along. Also, you can follow us on Instagram at the Sports Rivals, Twitter, at sports underscore rivals and on facebook you can search us out at sports rivals podcast again thank you all of you for joining hope you enjoyed it and remember as regards your rivals beat them thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.